Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Everything is Brand. This week, we want to talk about mental health. During this time of pandemic and with all of us working in a different way than we're used to, we really want to explore on a deeper level what everyone's going through and some of the mental health challenges that we might be facing. So this week's topic is keeping mental health on brand. I am thrilled to introduce a special guest for the first time to Everything is Brand. And we have Dr. Marie-Hélène Pelletier, who is better known to her colleagues as MH. So we might refer to her as MH throughout the podcast. She's a psychologist with a systems mind and has both a PhD and an MBA. So really, really qualified for this discussion. She also has over 20 years of experience as a practicing psychologist and a senior leader in the corporate insurance, governance, and healthcare sectors. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Marie-Hélène Pelletier. Welcome, MH. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brad. Pleasure to be here. Great. How is it going for you right now? I mean, with everything that's going on, uh, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how you're working right now and, and how things are going with you. Yeah. Oh, thanks for asking. Well, you know, there's a, just like everybody else, there's lots of adaptation. Um, on my specific end, there's a couple of things that are fascinating. One is when I did um, my my PhD, my doctoral research 20 years ago, I did it in telehealth, which at the time was so new, it was pre-embryonic. And so it is wonderful to see movement in the past few weeks bigger than the movement we've had in the past 20 years uh, in the adoption. It's remarkable. It's very exciting. And, and But then, of course, I'm also trying to apply all the knowledge we have from uh, psychology and psychology of pandemics and resilience research to myself personally, <laughs> so that uh, I also go yeah. through it as best as possible. Yeah, that's that's great. Sometimes that's hard for all of us to do is apply our our, our knowledge to ourselves sometimes. So it's, exactly. it's, it's a challenge for all of us. So MH, we want to get right into it and help our listeners to really get the knowledge that you bring to the table. So we're going to do this as a discussion format, but we have some questions that we want to go through with you. And, and they're really the culmination of what we've been hearing and what we've been seeing going out there. So I'll start with the first one. As we go through this time, it's it's not, I mean, we are working from home and we are working remotely, and, and but this has an extra layer to it that really has this whole medical thing and people are going through loss and anxiety and all of those kinds of things. So in your view, what can we do to help curb some of those feelings of sadness or being overwhelmed or even depression that some people might be falling into? Yeah. Yeah, no, very good question, because it is definitely a time where it's a very abnormal time. And with it comes a number of stressors that are new, and some of them fairly significant. And so the first thing I perhaps would say there is that it is normal not to feel the same way as we would usually feel uh, because we're in this unusual time. And the kinds of sort of reactions that people have, yes, can have to do with feeling more anxious, feeling our mood is lower. Sometimes our sleep may be impacted, for example. And of course, if all this gets to a point where it's fairly persistent and fairly significant or severe, then of course, a good next step is to connect with health resources, a physician, a psychologist, a counselor, so that you can do a personal check-in on on your own health. If uh, what you're experiencing is a bit more, it's there sometimes, sometimes it's not, it comes back, it's just not the usual, but you're okay. Um, Then what you want to do is implement as many 
of the actions as you can take to protect your psychological health uh, and your resilience. Things like making sure you exercise on a daily basis or that you eat well, that you protect the appropriate amount of time for sleeping, for example. So if you do these things in a proactive way, or right now, even if you're in it now, we actually know from research, it's not just a nice to have, it's not just optional. These are actions that we have control over that will make an impact on our resilience. Uh, Doctor, if I may, I have a question for you. Um, but before I ask my question, I'm going to give you a bit a bit of a b- background, really, about my personal situation in this global situation. So I'm, I'm with my wife and child in an apartment downtown Toronto right now. And the question I have for you is, how can I balance the demands of work and family as it's all happening at the same time and it at the same place. Yeah. Yeah, not not an easy situation. And and sometimes even not only it's all at the same place, but sometimes if you're downtown Toronto, it, you know, the space may not be necessarily massive. So it's not like we, we have a lot of space sometimes as well. Having the same expectations as before may number one not be realistic because every day Our mind is busy managing the new information, the new demands and everything. So having realistic expectations that are more aligned with the the context we're in is one piece. Another one is, of course, have good communication with your partner in advance, ideally of situations where we find ourselves not necessarily seeing things the same way. And sometimes one of the things that helps, especially with communication and having a younger child to take care of, is to actually make plans the day before about how we're going to manage the following day. So which activities are happening when, who's in charge of what, when, sometimes even wondering about what to do creates stress and people sort of wake up too early worried about how they're going to occupy all this time or optimize it. So the communication. And then the third thing would be having good boundaries to make sure, because in your questions, you were talking about, you know, balancing the work and, and the family demands. I would add your own personal demands, having time for yourself where maybe it's outside on the balcony, maybe it's going for an early morning walk so that you can have that aspect in as well. So it's not just the work in the family, which is nice, and but turn towards others. You also want to factor yourself in and your partner. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, you know, we're talking about working from home and, and work and all of that. And of course, we're all a part of a team. Some of us have to manage the teams. Other people are really executing on those uh, jobs remotely or whatever it may be. So what would you say the managers who are actually managing teams remotely now, what should they really focus on to kind of manage those teams and, and really kind of get the most out of the situation that we're in right now? I know. I'm glad you're asking this question because any good manager would think about this for sure. Now, as managers, often either through formal evaluations or people's feedback or just your own observations, often as managers, we'll have a sense of whether we're a bit more naturally oriented towards people or a bit more oriented towards action, making things happen, delivering. Of course, ideally, we want a combination of these two. But whatever your natural inclination is, especially at times of high stress, high demand, you are more likely to lean there a bit more. And In a time of pandemic, for example, where there are additional stressors for everyone, being even more oriented towards people may be a good idea, will be useful. 
And so if you're naturally a people person, then you've naturally probably gone more into it where you're checking in perhaps a bit more often with your team, each individual, not just in a team meeting, asking them what they are doing to take care of themselves in their specific context, things like that. If you're a bit more of, you know, task-focused, action-oriented, delivering type a manager, even though you still obviously care about your team, you may just want to make sure you make an even more conscious effort to check in with your team members and do these behaviors, which in good times when you're a bit more relaxed and you have more time, you likely do. But at times of high stress, if it's not our natural orientation or a strong one, we may let it go and be more focused on delivering. And in this time like this, we, we do want to check in with people. That's how in the end, we will all deliver better. But if we skip that step, number one, you could be missing uh, signs that someone on your team is needing additional support. And even if they don't need additional support, they're going through it like everybody else. And feeling that support, knowing that you're with them on this will increase that sense of, of team and ultimately better performance. Yeah, and just just as a follow-up to that, as, as you were saying, kind of checking in, I guess, with people is really critical because when we're working in an office, for example, and we actually have the ability to see people and sometimes just pick up on minor cues if something is not going right or if somebody needs help or anything like that, when we're ro- working remotely, that's much, much more difficult to, to evaluate, right? So, so those check-ins are, like you're saying, critical and they may be done from different perspectives, but I think that's absolutely necessary. Yes. And you're right in your observation that in, in person, we'll pick up on cues that remotely we may not. And it's interesting because there's been research for psychologists, for example, when working with individuals in person versus phone or video. And one of the things that some research was showing is how when we're working with people who are remote, we tend to ask more questions, right? Because we make less assumptions about, oh, I can see that he or she is feeling this, for example. Well, the interesting piece is that some studies have shown that we are actually better psychologists for it because even we as psychologists sometimes make assumptions in person and we ask more questions with the distance, which actually gets to better, more accurate information. So asking these questions is definitely a good thing to consider. So that's what we can take away. We should all just ask more questions <laughs> instead of making assumptions as we go Which along. works for couples relationships, you know, yeah. all kinds of areas. <laughs> Pretty much works for everything. Yeah, exactly. Great. Uh, Marie-Hélène, how does yeah. technology make our work balance better or worse? Ah, well, I could ask you what you think also on this. <laughs> you, you know a lot about this. Uh, well, I gave you perhaps some, some aspects to consider. And because it is a situation where, um, because of what it is, we, there's many aspects we don't have control over. And so any, any opportunity we have to take more control or have an influence over our situation, then we should take it. And certainly how we manage technology is an area to consider. So first, I'll get back to, I'll come back to using the word expectations kind of thing. We are in a different context and we don't have to do things exactly the same way we did before. So for example, sometimes people are in certain situations where before, if someone was asking for a video meeting, they would say, yeah, let's do a video meeting, right? Yeah, sure. Well, right now, video meetings for some people are all day, every day, eight hours in a row, no pull, no break. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I hear the yes. So <laughs> not the same thing. We, we don't. We may not need to do video meetings all the time. 
if you are the leader of the meeting, uh, you could ask people, what do you think? Could we do this meeting by phone? Or could we do this meeting shorter? What are the exact items we need to be even connected to discuss and the rest we don't need to? So whether you're the leader of the meeting or even a participant in a team, you could bring up the question and say, hey, I understand that some of us are sometimes having full days uh, looking at uh, someone's eyes on a camera. And uh, it's actually probably not that great for our eyes. <laughs> but even from a concentration perspective, it does ask more when you're having a conversation via video than, than phone. And we do want to protect our energy so we can play with our child later in the day for our second piece of work or or even yeah. have time to, to exercise, take care of ourselves. So modifying expectations and how we handle this uh, is something I would consider taking the lead in bringing these changes. Also creating different uh, expectations on, for example, text. We used to, we know someone texting us, we respond immediately. Well, right now I'm working with individuals who are getting texts throughout the day from their coworkers and they, are, they kept their same approach to text as what they would have done two months ago. They respond immediately. Mm -hmm. well, so what that means is they just had a video call that thankfully ended three minutes before the end. The texts are coming through. They use the same approach, so they respond to the text, and they did not go get water downstairs. So that's a different approach. If the text is not a national emergency, maybe you still need to respond in an hour. And no, it's not going to be immediate like it was before because you need to create boundaries, which brings me to boundaries. Using technology, not only to decide on what are your boundaries on when you're responding to emails and texts and redesigning that for yourself, but even using as simple things as your alarm on your phone to put limits on how long you're reading the news, for example, so that you're creating healthy boundaries in this case using a simple part of technology, but still you could do that. And of course there are many positives, like just staying in touch with you know, you know people in your family and friends, that's positive as well. But again, with with making choices, if you've already had a full day on video, maybe the Zoom with your friends and family can be tomorrow instead or shorter or by phone this time. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I totally agree. Fantastic. Thank you. You spoke earlier about resilience. I'm just wondering, does this actually being resilient help protect our mental health, do you think? I'm going to say it. You could see it as part of your overall mental health. Definitions uh, of resilience will usually revolve around the idea that resilience means going through challenges and coming out even stronger. And those challenges could be chronic, much like the pandemic right now, uh, or more acute, for example, a more demanding, significant event that's happening on a certain day, for example. And our ability to go through these challenges and come out even stronger um, will be higher if we are as mentally healthy as possible. And so, so you see, they're very related. Uh, it's almost, in some way, sometimes our resilience is uh, an indicator of how we're doing overall from a mental health perspective, you could think of it this way. What people, I find, like in thinking about their resilience is that it's almost as if we've, so for so many years, struggled with stigma associated with mental health that it's, for some people, hard to even, I don't know, feel connected or engaged with that concept. So for our purpose, even if you thought about your psychological health or mental health as your resilience, then you look for ways to build it. And and there are ways we know from research, actions you can take now that will increase it now in the moderate term and even in the long term, which is important right now because, yes, we are today, you know, in the situation we're in. It is a bit of an endurance phrase, right? This is not yeah. a a short uh, sprint here. And we are reading more and more in the literature about how 
there will be a post-pandemic from a psychological mm-hmm. health perspective. And so everything we do now to protect our resilience or psychological health will be useful now and down the road. Interesting. And to your point, Marie-Helene, how do we stay positive through all of the negativity we are living through? The key <laughs> I question. know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think so. It's a very good point because uh, it's almost like we know and want and, you know, try hard to stay positive. Yeah. And I have my two fists here. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> what I think is so perhaps a good goal is to think about aiming at staying I now use the word realistic, and I'll tell you why I'm going to go for this in response to your question, is the reality is that there are a number of challenges right now. And so seeing them for what they are, challenges, not what I want, not able to do what I, you know, otherwise would do or whatever, recognizing this with realism. So we don't want to go into the, and therefore it's a catastrophic end of the world. No, (laughs) but it is a reality that is on the not so good side. I would not have chosen this. So we acknowledge it. And, and here's the piece, we also want to acknowledge other aspects of this situation, see the full picture. So when our minds go in that direction of all the things that may not be so positive, so more on the negative side, we acknowledge that's fine, we're realistic, and we're also realistic about maybe things that are the same as before, forcing our brain to see that, and even seeing things that are positive, things that had this not happened, I would not have asked myself these questions, or I would not have had this moment with this person or this conversation even, whatever it is. So forcing ourselves to see the fuller picture and aiming, yeah, aiming at realistic, because aiming at positive when that's not the full reality sort of feels dissonant almost. Like his brain says, yes, but no, it doesn't work. It's not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Dr. Peltier, we are so glad that you came in today to kind of answer all of our questions. And, and we've been all wrestling with this for quite a while. It, it's interesting because there's the whole working from home and working remotely side to this, but then layered on top of that is all of this additional anxiety and all these additional things that we're all dealing with. I think that a lot of what you talked about today can easily be transferable uh, as we go through this, but also to where we go after this. And, and you, you know, you talked about this post-pandemic world, and, and that's a really important part of where we're going, but eventually we will come out of this. And we probably won't come out exactly the same way we were before. We'll probably come out with more learnings and more understanding of how we can continue to work in some of the ways that we devised and got used to during this time. So a lot of what you're sharing with us today will work for us now, will work for us in this post-pandemic situation, and then also beyond that into a time when we will be balancing things in a, in a different way than we did before this ever even came up. So thank you for sharing everything today. Any, any last words or any last thoughts that you have, particularly to our group of people who are, might be a little bit more creative, and, and this might be curbing their creativity or it might be keeping them down from being as 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 broad as they could be in, in what they bring to their work any final thoughts ah yes can you can we go for another half hour no i'm kidding um, <laughs> <laughs> well so but okay a couple of things so number one you're so right in your comments that a lot of this is transferable it's transferable yes post pandemic but even if pandemic 
had never happened. Yeah. What we're talking about here are fundamentals of resilience that even right now continue to be the same. And we're talking about decades of research. It's very solid. And love your comments about, uh, yes, you know, one of the impacts when we are dealing with all, all kinds of other demands and stressors, part of our brain is busy doing this, which makes it sometimes less available for creativity and having good ideas and being in that flow where we get to, to great, uh, great outcomes. So perhaps for right now, I will say if what we all do, but especially certainly if we want to create space for our brain to get back into this creative mode, if we are spectacular, I'm going to use that word, spectacular <laughs> at taking care of our resilience using, and I'll say there's four things that would be the first four I would go to to boost resilience. First is sleep. Second is exercise. Third is nutrition. And fourth is relationships. If a lot of the focus is on these four, and there are others, if there are other things that you know are healthy coping strategies and they work well for you, add them. But if you only have one hour a day, then that hour would be on splitting it between good exercise, good nutrition, and time on relationships. And then the rest, of course, is you want seven to eight hours of sleep so that yeah. you can put all the conditions nourish your brain so it has as many conditions possible in place to continue to do what, what it does really well on the creative side. Awesome. Well, all of your advice today and your answer to our questions has been extremely valuable to not only us, but to everyone who's listening. And, you know, it, it, it's a tough time night right now. We're all trying to navigate these things in so many different ways. And, and we're a brand podcast, but keeping mental health on brand, which is the title that we uh, did today, the reason is, is because we can't continue to deliver our work or be creative or do all the things that we need to do if our brains aren't right, if our emotions aren't in check, and, and, and we're not feeling good enough to deliver on the things that we have to deliver on. So, you know, we really want to do something uh, that could help ourselves and our listeners look for tips and tricks that could could get us to that place that we need to be in order to deliver on the things we need to deliver on. So thank you, Dr. Peltier. We really, really appreciate your, your guesting on, on the show. If any of you want to get in touch with uh, Dr. Marie Helen, uh, you can reach her at drmhpelletier.com. That's drmhpelletier.com. Thank you, Dr. Peltier. And remember, everyone, stay safe, stay focused, and remember everything is brand. Mm -hmm.